I want to talk to you about Palm Sunday. And again, thank those that donated these beautiful palm trees to honor the Lord today. John chapter 12 is one of the passages that covers this great Sunday. We look at verse 12. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches out of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Even the king of Israel, Herod wasn't really happy about that last part. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it just as it was written in Zechariah. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered what these things had been written about him and had been done to him. Lord, we just ask that you'd help us to receive every ounce that you have for us today. Fill us, God, even as we heard about the offering, pressed down, shaking together, running over with your word and your spirit. God, we look forward to being transformed in your name. Amen. It's kind of interesting. This is, this takes place in between two huge milestones for humanity. One was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. The second would happen in a few days and it would be the celebration of Passover like never before. Two major events, Passover cheated death, the raising of Lazarus cheated death. The sisters didn't see it coming. They protested. Jesus said, roll the stone away. And the sisters said, no, he's been in there too long. He stinks. He didn't smell that good when he was alive. <laughs> Do not. They didn't realize that Jesus came with resurrection power. The death angel was coming on the first Passover. And at the last moment, the blood of a perfect lamb was placed over the doorpost. And it stopped the death angel in his tracks. He passed over that house. Now Jesus is coming to celebrate the Passover with thousands and thousands who have swarmed Jerusalem for the event. I don't know. It says they knew that Jesus was coming. I've been watching this event called the Masters. Going, well, how does that connect? It's, it's a golf tournament once a year, and they, man, they play it up. And when the golfers come to the first tee, there's an announcer for the first tee. And he'll announce the person and the resume of that person's golf. And approaching the number one tee box, he's won four Masters, three U.S. Opens, three British Opens, four PGA Championships. He's seeking his fifth Masters. I give you Tiger Woods. <laughs> There's just something cool about that. 
It builds up anticipation, and I wonder, as they're coming into the city, is there a tea box announcer? A starter for the event, ladies and gentlemen, the current governor of Jerusalem. He was sent from Rome. He's not bad. He's not good. He's average at best. I present to you Pontius Pilate. Boo. Ladies and gentlemen, now approaching the city, he's the king with no power. He's meaner than the junkyard dog. Hang on to your wallets. He's raising taxes again. I present to you King Herod. Boo. Nobody cares about Herod. Ladies and gentlemen, the one you've been waiting for, he has a common name. He comes from a carpenter's home, born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, spent a little time in Egypt. He talks about heaven like it's his home. He was baptized by John and some heard a loud voice declaring him God's son in whom he is well pleased. The spirit descended upon him like a dove. He turned water into wine. He healed the sick, confounded the learned Pharisees, teaches like he's authored the scriptures, opens blind eyes. This resume is amazing. He loves the unlovely. He spent 40 days one-on-one with the devil himself. He sent him packing. He's so awesome, the grave gave up Lazarus. He's coming on a colt. It's never been written just like the prophet said he would. City of Jerusalem, I present to you Jesus of Nazareth. He's the Christ, the Messiah. He's your Lord and your Savior. He's a healer, your provider, and there's nobody like him. What a cool job that would be. And the crowd did just what you have done. They went wild. They were so loud, it made the officials nervous. Look in Luke 19, 37. He was drawing near. He was already on the way down the Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. And some of the uh, Pharisees in the crowd said, Teacher, calm it down. Rebuke your disciples. They're getting a little carried away. They're too emotional. They're making so much noise that Rome is going to hear. And Jesus said these words. I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. How many of you know that's not an exaggeration? They were ready. There was going to be a rock concert like never before. (laughs) They were on the edge. And it's funny because they they don't give a response from the Pharisees. I mean, the Pharisees are like, wait, what? Rocks have no voice. How would that even be possible? Let's not push it. Nobody wants that. How many think that was a pretty wild day? Pretty crazy day. The emotions were an all-time high. The crowd was ready. They knew something awesome was going to happen. Folks, 
We need to learn to anticipate God doing amazing things in our lives. We need to be on the front end, not follow behind. God is able and willing to do exceedingly beyond what you can ever imagine. He has it in his capacity to blow your mind. It's like those during a drought praying for rain and none of them brought umbrellas. That's weird. What are you praying for? Let it rain. Let it rain. Point number one. The crowd had a moment of spiritual clarity. This doesn't happen very often. You can't live on it, but you're sure happy when it does happen. It's a moment where everything becomes clear and you can see him for who he really is. You know, you take him out of the pages of a book or someone's secondhand testimony and all of a sudden you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you worship the living, risen Savior. And that means something. Let your mind be transformed. Let God do something supernatural in your life that turns a switch to where all of a sudden it's no longer religion. It's an experience like never before. It's an experience that will have you shouting at the top of your lungs. It's something that changes the way you live your life. We need that moment of clarity. We have to see him. When we see him, we'll be like him. Have you seen him lately? Do you look for him? Is your mind changed? Romans 12, 1 and 2 reminds us, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. It's your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Look, by the renewal of your mind, by testing you may discern what is the will of God, good, acceptable, and perfect. Every day, we have to have our mind changed. Every day, we flush the world's concepts, and we receive from God. Let your mind be changed. Second Kings chapter 6, everybody was in trouble. They were surrounded. The servant of the man of God rose early in the morning, went out. Behold, an army with horses, chariots were all around the city. And the servant said, my master, what will we do? And he said these words, don't be afraid. You're looking at network news. Forget about that. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. He saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Folks, we got to let God reveal reality. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When we get it, like that crowd, and we begin to cry out because we know that for a fact, we worship the risen Lord, then it makes sense. Matthew 16, start with verse 15. Jesus says to the disciples, they travel a long time with him. 
who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. How many know Peter wasn't exactly the smartest one of the 12? But he had the right answer. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed my father who was in heaven. I'm telling you this morning, God can open your mind. He can open your eyes. He can open your heart. You can see things you've never seen before. You can know things you've never known before. You can have a confidence in your relationship with God. But it's not by flesh and blood. It's by the father in heaven. He'll send his spirit to reveal things. We need that. I've seen it happen in my own life. I've told you many times, but I was a product of a revival, unexplainable. There was no real mass communication back then. There was no internet. There was no texting. The old rotary dial phones. We had an evangelist that had been there the year before and everything was fine. It was a nice little round of four night services. He was coming back the next year. Oh, that was good. We'll have another nice four rounds. Didn't work out that way. People started coming to church that never go to church. Our seats were filled. The aisles were filled. The platform space was all filled with people. The front, we all sat on the floor. That didn't happen once. That happened nine weeks straight. What's going on? That evangelist went to every public school throughout the week. Back when the height of separation of church and state, he would walk in and the students would flock to him. He went to the university, no reason, flocked to him. We would see them coming during the services. They'd been at the schools and they came to church and they walked down the aisle and got saved. 5,000 decision cards. I saw it with my own eyes. What is going on? I I'll never forget. I know his name because I saw him walking down the aisle of the church and I thought, no way is that John Christie. He had never been to church, didn't come from a church family, knew nothing about God. And he came out and he got saved and he walked to the front of the church acknowledging Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Married a nice gal from our class and they still serve God today. Only God can do that. You can hound people as hard as you want and as much as you want, and I think we should. But it takes God. Only God can flip that switch and all of a sudden, aha, he's the Lord. He's my Savior. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. This is everything I need. Are you praying for that for somebody this week? God, change some lives. Give clarity. Let people see you like never before. Jesus lived in the moment. Second point. He was able to receive that crowd. 
He didn't point fingers at them and say, oh, yeah, y'all, nice to meet today. I know it'll be another tune on Friday. He didn't do that. He didn't read them the riot act, you fickled crowd. He received their praises. And he supported them when the Pharisees came against him. Today they're on their A game. Today they have clarity. Today is the day of salvation. Aren't you glad that God gives us days to live up to? We've got to have our head on a swivel looking around, making sure we're not missing a moment. God's doing things all around you, miraculously. Esther 4, verse 14. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you've not come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Folks, there are moments we can't let pass by. There are moments where we set aside our routine or our own plans, and God has something. There's moments where you have to literally put aside your normal conversation and go, hey, God gave me a word for you today, and if I let it pass by, someone else will give it to you, but I'm the one that will pay. Let me tell you what God has. Live in the moment. What is God prescribing this afternoon for you? What about tomorrow and the next day? 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32. Issachar, men who had understanding of the times. They got a thumbs up from heaven for being aware of their surroundings and their times that they lived in. They said, we got to help out the king. We have to do our part. It's time to push aside our agendas and pony up for what the king needs. Folks, the king is looking at you and asking some things this week. He's wanting you to be there for him. Live in this moment. This is one of the most holy weeks set aside. Even secular people recognize this coming week. They're ready for something to happen. They're going to broadcast all kind of church services. We have to do our part. Psalms 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Live in the moment. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what else happens today. It's a good day right now. God's doing amazing things. God's doing wonderful things. He's prescribing your week ahead of you. Live in the moment. Enjoy what God has. Point number three. Learn to live by fact and not by feeling. The fact is Jesus did go into Jerusalem. Maybe the goosebumps were gone. Maybe something else happened along the way. But I'm here to tell you the crowd cried Hosanna as one. They laid down the palm branches. They recorded the coming king. It happened. It's a fact. 
the feelings go away. You know, when you receive Christ, I know if you're anything like me, there was goosebumps everywhere. I'll never forget, it was months later, I woke up one day and I said to myself, where'd my goosebumps go? Why don't I feel as awesome as I have been feeling? Maybe something's wrong. And I had to retreat in my mind to scripture. And I remembered beyond a shadow of a doubt, I prayed that prayer. And I invited Jesus into my life. And today might not be a goosebump day, but the fact is I am bought and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Revivals come and go, experiences happen. But you're not meant to live by experiences. You live under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Exodus 1, verse 8, people forget there arose a new king over Egypt. He didn't even know who Joseph was. What? Oh, I was just going to tell you about that one thing, Joseph. I don't know that guy. Oh, I guess it didn't happen then. If you don't know him, it must not have happened. Folk, the fact is there was a Joseph. The fact is God does have a plan for his children. The fact is he will part the Red Sea as many times as need be. God can do all of that. That crowd earlier, a few days later, would assemble with a different message. Look at Mark 15. We'll go to verse 8. The crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them, release one of the people. And he answered them, say, who do you want me to release? The king of the Jews? For he perceived it was out of envy the chief priest had delivered him up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas. He was a know-nothing account, troublemaker, but the chief priest released Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they called out, the crowd cried out, wait, didn't we just say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest? Now they cried out, crucify him. Experiences change. Feelings change. The crowd had received Christ, but now they were against him. John 1, verse 12. All who did not receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children. All who did receive him and believed in his name. Folks, let me just say, before you have the next moment, you have to have the first moment. Hey, I know we can't live off of yesterday's manna, but you have to have that first day. And then you have to have another day. And then you have to have another day. And so those who received him were made children of God. And from that point, we build our next day. Look at Jude, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life and having mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. 
next to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, authority before all time and now and forevermore. How do you keep that moment? You build another moment. And then you build another moment. And then you build, do you know his mercies are new every morning? There's something for you today. There's something for you tomorrow. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Stay in God's word. Stay in his church. Worship him whenever. You'll have a lifetime of moments. You know what Jesus said? I've come that you would have life and have it to the fullest. The fullest life possible is the one with as many moments with God as possible. Never sit back on yesterday's move of God. Always look forward to the next one. In your life, in your church, in your city, in your state, in your nation, in the world, God is willing to do great things. He's looking for people to partner with him. Build the moment. See as many as you can stack, one upon the other, upon the other, upon the other. And you'll have a great life in Christ. Do you believe that? Let's pray just for a moment. Lord, in this room, there are people that haven't had the first moment with you. They haven't actually received you, and that's the key. If we receive you, we'll become children of God. We'll have a future and a destiny. There will be a home in heaven for everyone in this room that receives you. You can't live off of yesterday. That manna gets icky real fast. We need to commit ourselves. We need to commit ourselves like never before to make moments with God. Lord, I, hey folks, sometimes I, I feel jealous of people in the Bible like, wow, they sure had an awesome time there. Guess what? We can have our awesome time. He's no respecter of persons. He loves us all just the same. Be aware of what God is doing in your life and he'll make moments with you. Lord, in this room, so many of us, we all need to just experience you in a new and a fresh way. God, we can't just rest upon what's happened in the past. Even though our past is great and you've done amazing things and we do remember them and we repeat them from time to time. Even as I talked about that miraculous revival that happened in Bellingham. But Lord, Bellingham's a long ways away and a long time ago. We need something today. Help us build something today that will last. Let revival begin in our hearts as we honor you like never before and we give you the, the praise and worship that's due. Lord, we love you so much.